Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and I am joined by David Burdett. Uh, hold on just a second. One more shrine. One more shrine. Oh, no. I promise. I promise. Just one more. Just one more. <laughs> All right. Well, while he finishes his shrine, we're also joined by Noah Rigsby. Hello, everyone. And a special guest from Geeks Under Grace, Joe Morgan. Howdy. In this podcast, this we talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it down for Joe, okay? <laughs> Have some respect for our guests. In this podcast, we talk about the latest games we could get our hands on. We talk about games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago and games you absolutely need to play. We also squeeze in news. This week is one of the rare occasions where everything is big. So we're talking Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and all the latest Overwatch news because that's there. And Joe is going to tell us about Advance Wars as well. After that, we'll see where we go from there. Heard we got a game to play. But before we get into Tears of the Kingdom and everything else, I have two things I want to bring up first. Number one, I want to say video games is about peaks and valleys. Redfall was a valley. But man... <laughs> I'm on a peak right now, okay? It's not Tears of the Kingdom, all right? It's not Tears of the Kingdom. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm on a peak, okay? <laughs> I will explain more in a later podcast. I just needed to share that. Second, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, sir. Appreciate y'all having me on. Yes, appreciate you joining us. Uh, so let's just get started with you. Tell us about yourself and Geeks Under Grace. Sure. So my name is Joe Morgan. I have been around here and there for eight or nine years. I've written for a few different outlets over the years, but uh, about nine years ago, I was part of the team that started geeksundergrace.com and we cover video games, movies, anime. Tabletop has gotten really wildly popular for us, um, but I'm kind of an emeritus there now. I used to be on the board and I've kind of Backed away a bit since getting married in the pandemic. And uh, oh, there you go. Congrats. Thank you. Appreciate it. But the team's still going strong there. And I'm, I'm contributing to, as much as I can, you know, a couple of articles a month when I'm able and that sort of thing. But yeah, it, it it's game reviews and that sort of thing with uh, kind of a focus on the content in the game. So uh, kind of like the ESRB rating, but we go into more depth kind of let people know what they might interact with uh, if they're conscious of that sort of thing. Okay. Very good. That's useful information for people out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to do a rapid fire round with you. All right. I'm going to throw a few things at you and you're going to give me some answers. All right. Favorite video game all of right. all time. Oh man. Um, Dark Souls 2, Sins of Scholar of the First Sin is the first thing that comes to mind, but Ori in the Blind Forest is probably my real answer. Oh, okay. Two kind of more recent games. All right. I see you. All right. Aaron Rodgers once told Adam Schefter to lose his number. So what's something in video games that you wish would lose your number? Oh, man. Anthony there was a game that. on PlayStation 2 called Barbarian. I hey. wish that thing never existed. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's that's number. Just yeah. deleted from <laughs> just eradicated. I don't All want right. the number deleted. I want the person behind the number deleted. 
Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I'm a pro pineapple, yeah. You can go. Thank you. And that has been our time with Joe Morgan. Nobody's ever going to talk to me again. Watch his little, you know, block just shoot out. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather sing or dance? Uh, Sing. Okay. Why don't you? No, just wait. All right. Um, (laughs) Not going to put you on the spot. All right. Just wanted to do that with you. Let the people get to know you a little bit. All right. Obviously, Tears of the Kingdom has come out, and it's huge. It's big. It's doing all the stuff. I haven't played it yet. Joe, apparently you haven't played it as well yet. Uh, We're busy with other stuff. But um, the narrative that I've heard around Tears of the Kingdom has been, it is, it, it almost feels like a Breath of the Wild mod like really, really expansive mod. And I don't say that disparagingly, but that kind of is what it feels like from what I'm hearing. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing. David, Noah, you guys have played it. Tell us your thoughts about Tears of the Kingdom. Either one of you can start. (laughs) So let me start out with the fact of uh, most know and, and... Anthony even made a joke about it the other day of almost wearing as a badge of honor that I don't use my switch. <laughs> like it's kind of sat there and collected dust and Nintendo didn't even give me a like year in review last year because <laughs> I didn't, I hadn't played anything <laughs> long enough. I hadn't actually played wow. anything long enough for them to give me one. They're just like, nah, fam, you ain't played nothing. Go home. <laughs> so, I kept talking about that and stuff like that. And I remember saying in several different circles, uh, tears of the kingdom. It looks like more breath of the wild. I didn't really care as much for breath of the wild. We talked about why we didn't care as much for breath of the wild on the last podcast. And it was just kind of went from there. And I, I'm just straight up eating crow right now. Uh, not in the sense of, I didn't care as much for breath of the wild, but I'm eating crow in the sense of, I thought tears of the kingdom was just going to be me playing more Breath of the Wild and being annoyed with it uh, for the same reasons that I didn't enjoy Breath of the Wild. And there's still some certain quirks in Tears of the Kingdom that are still there, but I find it a lot easier to look past them with the way that Tears of the Kingdom approaches you playing the game. Um, I guess one of the things I will mention, given I didn't play a lot of Breath of the Wild, it probably feels a lot fresher to me because of the fact I've not just ran around Hyrule doing all these different things. So the changes in the map aren't the only changes that I'm seeing because I didn't play Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild enough to get a great feel for, okay, I'm just on the same map. But it definitely, at least from the beginning part, doesn't feel like the same map as I play it. It feels like the Nintendo's been smart with how they've done things differently. The biggest thing, of course, that has changed everything is the way that the new abilities work, because I know that like you had the magnetism and all this different stuff that you could use. And I thought it was neat, but I never felt like it was something I had to use. Whereas in Tears of the Kingdom, the abilities you get right off the bat, you're like, oh, I need to use these. And it feels like it feels a lot more rewarding to use these compared to what I remember at the beginning of 
of Breath of the Wild. It, it felt like, okay, I can maybe figure this out. No, you you have to figure things out using Ultra Hand to pick things up, to glue things onto the side of different items. Uh, Anthony, you can roll the, the footage if you'd like. Um, to like everything I saw in this particular gameplay trailer that they did, I thought, okay, this is just kind of gimmicky. No, it it's actually the way the game plays and encourages you to do things. Now, I'm not super creative, so a lot of my ways of doing something are very... There's, there's a word and I can't think of it. They're very crude, <laughs> the, the method. Like, for instance, there is a moment at the very beginning where you were trying to get through. It's it's very similar to the way Breath of the Wild starts is there is that cold area. And, of course, Breath of the Wild, it was the, if you go in the cold, you got to have something to keep you warm or you're going to take damage. Well, I had made some recipes and had eaten them to keep myself warm, but you've only got so much time. So I decided that I was going to, I was, I was trying to do things as quick as I could. Then I tried to climb up a mountaintop and it was icy. So I was sliding down it and I was getting frustrated. So I turned around and I chopped down a couple of trees, glued the logs together and laid it up against the top of the, the side of the mountain so I could climb up to the top. Cause I was there like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna find my way around to a different side. I just want to do this as quick as I can because I'm about to run out of, I'm about to run out of time. And it's just these little things of here, just if you can think of it, you can bypass it. I'm not going to be the guy who's going to come up with, I've seen, I'm sure everybody's been seeing on Twitter, these absolutely ridiculous. I mean, people are building orbital defense systems. I saw a drone that went and attacked a camp and then released a smaller drone, which fought on the ground. <laughs> And pretty much forced all of the bacoblins or whatever they are out so that the bigger one could kill them. Like, I'm like, <laughs> how are people coming up with this stuff? And it's like, that's cool. It's really awesome to see that. But I know I'm not going to do it. But Zelda Tears of the Kingdom doesn't make me feel bad for not knowing how to do that. Like, it, it's... Instead, it's like, okay, yes, they solved it that way, but you can figure out your own way to get around this problem. Uh, Noah and I were actually talking beforehand about how there are quite a few moments where we just feel stupid with the way that we figure something out and how to get around a puzzle or how to do a specific thing. But even so, you still feel that accomplishment of, well, I did make it through. I did get to the end of this puzzle. So... It's just kind of cool in the fact of they don't expect you to find the same answer that everybody else does, but you're still able to get the reward because you found your own way to do it. Um, I, I don't know if that's really how Breath of the Wild eventually got to. I don't know that that's how Elden Ring essentially treats things, which on a personal note on Elden Ring, I think a lot of that's more due to my fear of losing everything <laughs> If I, if I die, because I get anxiety of, crap, I better save every five minutes. <laughs> but I don't feel the same way with this that I felt with Breath of the Wild. It makes me wonder if I, if I went back, if I would enjoy it more. But I feel like it's easier for me to manage what I'm doing. Like, the, this, the issue still exists where the world is very empty, which that's just, that's 
the Nintendo doesn't have a very powerful system. They can't handle having a humongously populated world. The, what they're doing right here is already just mind blowing. Like I, Nintendo's engaged in the dark arts or something because this game should not function as well as it does on the Switch. But that being said, it, it's just one of those things of the. It's really fun to play, and it feels like there's enough structure there that I can enjoy myself. Whereas with Breath of the Wild, I didn't feel any structure. And maybe it's just the fact of the structure is more in the fact of there's a lot more where Nintendo's getting me to figure out how to do things as opposed to just here, just explore. Like my exploring is happening in figuring out the puzzle as opposed to the exploring being just here's a big open world, figure out what the heck you want to do. So that there definitely feels like a little more story guidance in this one, as well as there just feels like there's more story in general. Cause I, I remember playing the entire tutorial area of the first uh, or of breath of the wild. And there was nowhere near the amount of story that exists in the opening tutorial era area of tears of the kingdom at least from what i remember noah you may have to correct me on that but i feel like i have a lot more from this yeah i mean it definitely like front ends a lot of exposition uh more so than breath of the wild where breath of the wild you kind of you know you wake up and you kind of get a quick recap this is there's a lot more events happening that you witness before you know poor link always ends up waking up without his clothes he's just got his little briefs on you know he's like why did all my stuff get stolen you know every game it feels like uh but yeah i i agree with a lot of what um david said there is just something incredible about this game i i played breath of the wild like three or four times um multiple times i played it again whenever they announced tears of the kingdom just to visit it and i didn't think that they would be able to make hyrule feel as magical as it did whenever i first played breath of the wild because you know keeping with the same you know location layout i should say but it it feels unique and magical just like the first time i played breath of the wild it's there's so many things that you want to explore and yeah, it's not a, like David said, it's not a very, you know, enemy dense world, but it's in my opinion, that's not what they're going for. They're going for, we're hiding things that we want you to discover. Um, and I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about this game is that it's core philosophy. I think is discovery. They want you to discover new ways to take on enemies, new mechanics, new features that, you know, they don't want to be in a tutorial. They want you to something happen and you're like, oh, I can do that. Um, like for me, for an, you know, an example is um, I was in a shrine and I needed to get up to a certain higher uh, elevation level and I was messing with stuff and couldn't quite figure it out and per happenstance um i i noticed that like hey i accidentally pressed a button and fused a rocket to my shield i was like oh i didn't even know you could do that i pressed a button and you literally will rocket propel with your shield in hand 
up into the air into the sky and i was like oh i didn't know you could do this like because they don't say hey attach you know there's nothing it's the bare minimums is what they tell you and they let you roll with it um it's insane i didn't know that either yeah and like the things that i will do and discover in this game david will he may not ever find out you know unless you know we talk about it like the um, I was reading. I'll give you one exit if you don't mind me giving one example yeah. on that. Actually, we were talking about the the one of the tutorial areas getting down. They expect you to use one of the what's called the zone eye wings, and it's literally a glider uh, that that you just stand on and it just glides down. And stupid me could not figure out how to make it like fall off the edge so that I could glide on it. I thought it was something you had to fuse to something. Like I, I could not figure out for the life of me what it was. And there are these like floating things in the sky uh, that you can use, that you can jump on and reposition to climb on to get to other places. So your boy grabbed that, pulled it over, stuck two fans on it, <laughs> jumped on it and let it push me until I was over a lake that I could dive down into. Because I couldn't figure out. Turns out it was literally as easy as just sticking it on this little rail thing, and it, the the glide the wing would have just slid down until it fell off. And like a I felt very, rail. I felt very, yeah, I felt very stupid in the fact that I couldn't figure that out. But I figured out my own way to do it that was completely and utterly different from the way Noah did it. So it was just kind of an, a neat so thing cool. of. Like, and this is in the tutorial area. This wasn't even, oh, I got into Hyrule and did this. I figured it out in a completely, the opening of the game. So it's, it's just really cool. Yeah. I like this, the player freedom and creativity is just incredible. I, I was reading an interview and the director said that they got the idea for, you know, all of this flexibility and, um, you know, player creativity from seeing all the wild stuff that um, players had done in Breath of the Wild with like the bomb jumps and the quick swaps and all the stuff. And they just ran with it because um, I I would really like to just talk with the devs to see how they coded this game with just the insane possibilities that you can do. You know, it's yeah. like, did you, did you intend to like, did you have to code this thing to attach, you know, to A to B to cause C, or did you just say, we're going to let everything be coded for everything? You know, like I, I would love to have a chat with them about it because yeah, graphically it's incredible. Um, I, there's, like I, I don't said, think there's the black magic, dude. <laughs> there's yeah. And there's not much, you know, more because like I said, it's hard to be like, oh yeah, it's, you're going to enjoy it because this, 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 because the stuff that I'm doing and the way that I am playing the game will be completely different. Uh, not only pathways, but combat interactions, map discovery, it, it's all going to be unique. And to be able to do that in a video game and make it work is outstanding. Um, like I, I also just, I don't forget that you have the ascend ability. Like there are so many things that could, should and could be solved if people would just remember to use the ascend ability, which is mm -hmm. essentially, it, and it's another one of those things of this is such a cool feature. Why aren't more games doing this? 
but it's essentially a power that if you're underneath a ledge and it's it shows up as like you can jump through it, you literally will just jump through and it will take you up through the ledge to the top of it. And it's made exiting certain areas so much easier or instead I don't have the stamina to get up here. Well, maybe I can find a way under this area that's just enough of a jutting ledge that I can use it to get up there or, or at least get up to an area that'll help me to mitigate some of the stamina and like half the time I forget that I have this power that makes them like I was in an area that it was like how, how in the world am I supposed to get on this after I hit it with recall and I was like oh crap I forgot about ascend because <laughs> yep. I sat there for five minutes <laughs> which and like to add your point it's it's a masterful ability because one you can't use it everywhere it's it's yep. only specific since instances and you know locations so it doesn't become like op in the sense that you don't have to worry about traversal um because which is incredible of, that they designed it so it wasn't like that's something like specific that you have to have uh, in mind and with so much area and there's a lot of more depth in this hyrule than there was in breath of the wild there's a lot of like underground areas and there's a certain there's a very big underground area that i won't spoil um that just like i said that i discovered on my own had no idea about it i hadn't seen any marketing for it or anything like that or any reveals because everybody was just thinking about the sky islands yeah there is a big uh area and just it's so there's not many other games that i can think of that have ever come out where the the joy of discovering something is so consistently, you know, relevant the entire experience. Um, it is definitely not just Breath of the Wild with more stuff. It is. I didn't think they could, you know, because I, I adore Breath of the Wild. Um, I know not everybody feels that way, but I, I didn't think they could, you know, magic in a bottle or, you know, whatever that saying is twice. They, they have done something truly masterful in my opinion and i've put around 15 hours in maybe 20 uh because i there's no way for me to check without downloading the app um but <laughs> i have only done the first like section or region because you just get so sidetracked like seeing something wanting to explore it um yeah and just like I said, the discovery, the skill gap that is in this game, like I, they was like, you know, we feel Did really you just dumb. Say skill so, gap. Yeah, with the building. <laughs> in a Zelda game. Yeah, oh. like in the in the sense I, of the way like people said, build, man. Yeah, like, like well, there are ways to go. Skill gap. I'm, I'm thinking Fortnite and building all extra fast. <laughs> like, it's just the thought that about? people are building flipping mechas, and I'm over here and like, all this stuff, look yeah. at this bridge. <laughs> I put two logs <laughs> together, guys. Like, and like you, you overcome the same. <laughs> guys, look, it's four wood panels. <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally me, and but you don't feel bad like you feel like oh i found my own way like david said we're finding our own way to play the game and beat the game and it doesn't you know i guess you don't feel hampered because you're not doing it the way a game intended you to um so and i i appreciate that when a game has like hey if you are this you know creative and stuff you can do all these cool things but if you're you know 
you don't want to go with that, you know, effort or go that pathway, you can still do everything, enjoy it your own way. And it'd be perfectly fine. I just mad props. I just go buy this game. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> about the number of copies it sold, but just go add to that list. Um, so if I may speak up, yeah, you guys have kind of been convincing me a little bit with this conversation. So I've not <laughs> played this yet. And the reason I've not played it yet, well, we've not finished Breath of the Wild, but I tend to play open game, open world games like a magpie in that I need something that tells me you need to go here, here, and here. Otherwise, I'm going to see something shiny and then I'm gone. <laughs> the original Breath of the Wild playthrough I had was 40 hours and I played one dungeon. <laughs> yep. Wow. And ended up falling off the game because I was just, I was like, well, I've spent all this time and, and it's coming out. I want to play. And that's so you combine that with a little bit of intimidation factor, you know, seeing all of these mechas being built and, and flying machines and crazy stuff that people are doing on TikTok or whatever. And it's like, well, I'm 38 years old. I don't have the time to be able to put into this. Like some of these, these kids are to, to come up with some of this. And then you also realize that like the amount of high rule that there is like three times the size it was in breath of the wild or whatever. It, it feels pretty overwhelming, but then I, I hear you guys talk about it and see the footage. I actually hadn't seen any footage yet. Cause I, I try to keep myself away from that, but it's kind of warming me up to the idea of approaching it a little bit more. Now. It's, it's like I said, it, they've taken a, you know, an idea that I adored the first one because it didn't tell me where to go step-by-step. Step. You know, I got to figure out and create my own path and discover my own way. David liked a little bit more structure and this, they still have that structure that like a lot of RPGs do where you have your main quest list, your side quest list. Um, and then you have like secret objectives that as you find they'll unlock, but it doesn't, you know, hold your hand the entire way. It's like, Hey, go to this region, go to this area. And then from there, you do your own thing and you don't have to play them in any order. You still get structure, but there's creative freedom in proceeding. So best of both worlds, in my opinion. Yep. That that's helped me a lot. Cause I am again, I'll do things as I go along the way. This, honestly, it reminds me of Skyrim a lot in the sense of there is the main objective for me to chase, but I'm going to almost guaranteed find all kinds of random things to do as I go there. So I end up with a lot longer of a quest list <laughs> by the time I get to that main objective. And it, it really just comes down to my own ADHD controlling it and not chasing every side objective I come across. That's like, you know, things like Xenoblade Chronicles that give me, here's where you need to go. Here's a line to get there are a lot more approachable for me, but the idea of spending some time kind of goofing around with the systems and learning is sounding more appealing to me now. Yep. And, you know, it sound it seems very overwhelming with like, you know, you're seeing all of these bonkers builds and constructions that people are doing on Twitter and stuff. And it is not as complex or hard to achieve as you would think. The building and structure is very simplistic, but in a good way. You know, there's yeah. not, it's no 
Minecraft redstone, you know, like chicken, you know, wait, making sure circuits are going the right way. No, it's it's very approachable. And the good thing is it's not necessary to build mechas. Like that's just <laughs> what people are doing with it. Like, like, like a, a, the joke is, is all you really need is a long bridge. Like that kind of is the solves most of your problems. <laughs> There's li- there's literally a shrine where one of the objectives is you have to um, I can't remember the top of the device, but it's where like the metal ball like rolls down the wall and you have to like make it go along the rails and you have to build these structures to like, you know, make the ball progress further down the rail. And eventually the ball will go through a room and hit a button which will unlock the door and let you beat the shrine. And it gives you, you know, along the way, these different building structures. It does a good job of, hey, if you want to build something, here's some stuff and it's plentiful in the world. I couldn't figure out how to progress the entire, you know, structure. And I was like, I know Nintendo, you know, wants me to do this because that's the way it's laid out and designed. Um, But Noah discovered that if I just stick, you know, seven logs together and make a really long stick i can poke the stick through the door and poke the button <laughs> and the door shot up <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> so i it's like i you know i told david earlier like you feel st- so stupid because you're like i know what nintendo's wanting me to do i know that there's a certain mechanic that they want me to achieve so I feel really stupid, but then I feel really smart because I figured out my own way to, you know, yep. do the do the key, you know, bit that's in movies when they had the stick. You know, I just poop and then the door shut up. <laughs> I felt really stupid in this one shrine because I wanted to do or I don't remember if it was that I, I think there was a secondary because what they do a lot of times is they'll put your, your main objective, which is completing the shrine, but then they'll have this a, um, a a chest that you can get. And it's not always good stuff. Like it, Half the time is like five arrows. I'm like, I did all of this for that. <laughs> um, but there was one where you're supposed to use fire essentially in order to lift like balloon, a balloon to like do things. And I went back down to get the secondary uh, ball to put inside the thing only to find out I completely forgot to attach or to get the, the pallet and throw it back down so that I could get back up. (laughs) So I'm standing down here like crap. I am stuck. Well, they've got these like large, almost candles, that are almost as big as you are that essentially you could put the, the the balloon over the top of them to use it to get up. I attached three of them together as a plank <laughs> and then stuck the balloon on there and just kept running at the balloon so that I wouldn't fall off because it was a very small platform until I got up to the top and then jumped off as fast as I possibly could. And it's just these little things of... I highly doubt there are that many people who ended up having to do that like I did. But the but you know what? It got I got there, I figured it out, and I the didn't stories. have to restart the shrine. And that that was really the most fun of it. <laughs> yep. The stories that, you know, we'll be able to talk about, like, oh, how'd you do this? And you're like, Oh, I did this. Like that I well, really love and, it. And think about it in terms of Breath of the Wild. There's one solution to the shrines that you do in there. Like they're cool puzzles. But there's one solution that 
there's not just one solution. If it feels like in these other shrines, like you you can find out different ways your own way. There, there's largely going to be a main solution, but there are side solutions like Noah and his extremely long stick <laughs> <laughs> that he used to poke the button with. <laughs> in Breath of the in Tears of the Kingdom, the the, 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 the wooden... in Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. So, um. Yeah, so uh Zelda, yay. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom, go buy it. Uh Yeah. Is Tears of the Kingdom worth $70? Say it out loud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds like it. $100. Like like that is Let's not push Nintendo that direction. <laughs> Bro's going back to Super Nintendo days. <laughs> if they keep making games as good as, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, I, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm that, that Nintendo fan. Gonna get the collector's edition. Yep. <laughs> Got that. <laughs> so. Okay. That's why I was absent. I was out there getting the collector's edition. <sighs> oh, yes, that's true. Yep, that's right. You were absent. I'm on bathroom week. duty. I know. I'm on bathroom duty for missing. <laughs> for being absent. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I will play it. I hope I last longer than Breath of the Wild. I think I will. Because I didn't last long on Breath of the Wild. I got to pass Zora's domain in Breath of the Wild. And then I was like, oh, there's no marker for me. Okay, well, I don't know where to go. Well, let's get lost for a little bit. Okay, I'm tired of being lost. Where do I go? I don't know. Nobody's there to tell me what to do. So I am a Google Maps person. I need direction. (laughs) I don't have it. I get uninterested after a while. So, but it sounds like this one is a little bit better with that. So, we shall see. All right. Well, let's talk about Advance Wars. Joe, our guest, yeah. you have been playing Advance Wars. You reviewed Advance Wars for your site, I hear. So, I did, yeah. Talk to us about that because it's the reboot. And so, how well has it been rebooted? All right. So, my my review's over at geeksundergrace.com. You can check it out there. Um, I gave it an eight. I'll go ahead and preface that. that. Uh, but, so, you know, I grew up in the day of Game Boy Advance. I was in high school, middle school when that came out. And Advance Wars 1 was my first big go-to game. And I remember eating it up, you know, beat the whole first game, and then... It was a few years before I could progress. Now, so fast forward to now. Uh, what are we, 20-something years down the line? And the Wars franchise has been around for a long time. But I think this is kind of the the one that everybody knows, right, or the Advanced Wars series. They have taken this and modernized it in a really cool way to bring it to a new audiences, but I have a few qualms with it. The gameplay is still there. I think the gameplay is great. All the characters are still there. Um, some of the beef that I have with it, though, is in the way that they've modernized it. So um, they have taken the sprites that everybody knew and loved, and they've turned those into 3D models. In some instances, that's fine. Um, they do things like when you activate a CO power, you get a little bit of animation. In the old one, it was just kind of a screen of the character standing there with some 
sprites flying around behind them. They have really animated them into some cool animations to, to kick off the CO powers for this one. I, I love that. But it's there's little oddities here and there. You know, when you've got the animations of the armies attacking one another, when you've got the, the animations of the soldiers jumping on the buildings to, to capture them, there's something that's just a little off. And, and I recognized it almost immediately. It feels bizarrely different. Like, I wish we could have kept some of that old school charm, I feel like. It, it accidentally introduced a little bit of modern jank because it's a 3D model instead of a sprite. Um, but like I said, the gameplay's still there. All the maps are still there. All the COs and their powers for both the first and the second game are there. So it's all there for you to consume. And it's a great package. Um, one of the beefs that I personally have with it as a modern switch game is that this would have been a great opportunity to give people an online offering that they could have chewed on for a few years. And what they have instead done is limited the online matchmaking to only people on your friends list that have the game on their account. Okay. So I didn't play it online with anyone because I was the only one on my friends list that had the game. And, and the same goes for the map creator. They have a, a fully fleshed out map creator. You can design your own oh. scenarios, but you can't share those with anybody unless it's a friend on your friends list. That's and I feel like terrible. those were, yeah, I feel like those were major lost opportunities. Good old Nintendo and their online design. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I, I really like the game. I think it's a great package, and I believe it was $40. Um, I'll be transparent and say I got a review copy, so I didn't have to pay for it. But I think it's I actually it was full 60 Is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. I, th I think for fans of either the retro gaming or fans of strategy games, I think it's still a great package. You're getting a lot of campaign scenario there. Which and is like can 40 go hours long, isn't it? It's long, yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to play it in order, but they kind of encourage you to. They don't want to unlock that second campaign unless you kind of button your way through it if you haven't finished the first campaign. So... For, for people that want to just jump in and try stuff from both games, you can just know that when they present you that option saying you haven't finished the first game yet, it's okay. Go ahead. So. Now, you, you, uh, and, go ahead. You bring up the art, and I was wondering, do you... It, okay, so there's the jank with the 3D models, right? So mm -hmm. then, yeah. do, you, do people actually, and you yourself, actually like the new art style? Because it looks... A little different than the original uh it's brighter it's i, I want to say more cheerful but it it, it kind of has that effect to it it's kind of like what you know mario 64 was versus like mario galaxy you know in terms right. of like the difference in the feel of mario um yeah is that true or is that just in my head no, I, th I think you're right. I mean, the original games were very bright and colorful, but I think they definitely make that pop on the Switch. It, it's it's beautiful. Those 3D models and the way they're animated are my only real beef with the 3D models. 
I think the updated character models, the designs, the new characters, and the animations that they've put in for them are fantastic. I think they look really cool. It's just watching those units move around. There's something about it that doesn't sit completely right with me. Interesting. Uh, would you... So, I mean, both were made by Intelligent Systems, Fire Emblem mm -hmm. and Advance War. Sorry, I was thinking Fire yeah. Emblem. I had oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Fire Emblem also made by it. When it transitioned to 3D models, like it was a little funky at first with, um, it was the Path of Radiance, I think, was on the GameCube. Um, think of as the no feet. <laughs> huh? <laughs> All I could think of as the no feet. <laughs> um, and it was still like a good Fire Emblem game. But it, it, is it that kind of similar thing? Because I hadn't played this Advanced War, so I'm just trying to get a picture in my head of like what this looks yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, all the gameplay is still there. It's it's great. I mean, you know, all the tactical strategizing and everything, the the punch and in even the animations with the combat still have that good punch that you get when you know mm. rockets smash into the other side. So. Maybe it's me being nitpicky, but that's uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. It feels so, weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's it's kind of almost an uncanny valley. Not not quite there, okay, but yeah, just off enough to be noticeable. All right, what do you want to say, David? Oh, I was going to say, as someone who didn't play the original, so does it, and especially with the mentions of like Fire Emblem. Is it is that kind of the style with the tactical like it's like the block kind of chess system almost or like how does that work? Yeah, yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, so you've got every unit's got its own move pattern, got their own attack pattern. So you know you'll have uh, artillery that have a diamond around them that they can attack in, or a tank that that can move a certain distance, does less damage, or this you know that sort of thing units of different types can capture buildings differently and that's going to change all of that's going to change depending on who your commander is and what their commanding officer powers are um it just it's yeah I, it just it's good gameplay and it's still good gameplay i mean i would recommend it to you if you like strategy games um i think they did a good job presenting it for a modern audience like i said it's just for fans of the old that are used to those sprites, it's going to be buyer beware. That will probably irk you. And, and I'm not the only person I've seen that said that sort of thing. So yeah. Now with the, uh, you mentioned like COs commanding officers and their powers, like what is, what's the deal with those? So as battles progress, that's right. You said you didn't play the original. So yeah. as battles progress, every commanding officer has their own unique power. And in the sequel, they get two powers. Um, so, for instance, your main character, Andy, his, his specialty is that when he can use his on the battlefield, he repairs two damage from all of his units. And that's the sort of thing that you're only going to get to use every five to ten turns. They're not super common, um, but they, they can help with things. So, like, Sammy will be able to, you know, I think she can make her foot soldiers move a lot faster. They're stronger. They can capture buildings easier. Uh, Max powers up all of his, um, powers up all of his mobile infantry, like tanks and that sort of thing. And, and are these, are these actual like units on the field? 
No. So your commanding officers, you're basically assuming the role of the commanding officer. Okay. But they're there for the changes or do you choose them at the beginning of each round? So the way the campaign's structured, you're initially going to start as, as Andy and then depending, they give you a, a map that as the campaign progresses, you get different pins on the map and you can choose basically one of three scenarios. You can play as, Max, you can play as Andy, you can play as Sammy for all of these, and all of them are going to okay. be against this enemy CO from this nation or cool. that sort of thing. So you kind of get to pick the scenario, but all of them are going to be different scenarios. You know, ultimately, you're probably going to want to go back and play them all. Hmm. That's cool. And then to, to expand on it one more time, um, you can earn currency as you play the campaign. There's a, an in game shop you can go buy new maps from you can go buy commanding officers from you can buy soundtracks and art that sort of thing and when you finish a campaign you've got several co's that you've bought and put in your pocket you can go back and do the skirmishes as any of those co's so you can use their powers oh, cool. in battle nice awesome I think one of the key differences is you could correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't played Advanced Wars either, but I, I when it originally came out, I was very like, ooh, I really want to play this. So I was like reading up on all of it. But I think in matches, you can buy new units as you go to, to obviously give you an advantage in battle versus where's Fire Emblem, the way you get units is kind of building a relationship. Like you have to meet up with somebody and talk with them and do all this other thing. Maybe you have to say the right thing in order to get them um, yeah. something like that. So structurally they're kind of doing the same thing, but advanced wars is more military in that, in that way where, yes. you know, Hey, go to this compound, build a unit, very RTS like, and yes. then you can use it. Is that correct, Joe? Yeah, it's all turn-based, but it is definitely much more modern military. So, you know, you can have your units capture cities. That'll get you extra currency every turn. You can have them capture barracks, which will let you pump out your land units. You can have naval units and air units. So you can have airfields and naval yards as well. And... So it, it gives you quite a bit of option on ways to approach stuff because you can have everything from, you know, an APC that will carry a, a unit a little further to a lander so that you can transport that across the sea and try to come in the enemy's back door and, and take out their buildings there or, you know, fly a bomber in or an aircraft carrier off their coast. I mean, it's just it gives you a lot of ways to play. I will ask. What is what is the ultimate goal in Advanced Wars like per map? Because Fire Emblem is usually like, you know, kill this unit, specific unit, mm -hmm. this boss, uh, yeah. you know, take over this specific area of the map. What is Advanced Wars? It's typically either kill all of your enemy's units or get to their headquarters and capture their headquarters. Okay. Okay. Simple enough but lots of strategy yeah <laughs> yeah especially when you start adding in the water <laughs> mm -hmm. submarines I, I mean submarines get the option to dive or surface i mean yeah so there's there's a lot of options nice getting really annoyed with all of y'all and talking about cool nintendo games and like those nintendo vouchers are 
sit there and it's really hard for me not to go crazy with those. You're the one who's been missing out. I'm glad you finally took me up on Fire Emblem. <laughs> yep, I, I haven't played it yet, but there's a. I will be the, on the way to L.A. soon. So I thought you said you started it. No, I bought it and installed it. Oh, it just managed to come out like right next to Breath of the or Tears of the Kingdom. So yeah, well, no, you <laughs> decided to buy it and pick play it, it up around. <laughs> <laughs> it came out yeah. in January. You're five months late. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right, well, that is Advanced Wars. You can read Joe's review on... GeeksUnderGrace.com There you go. Joe, have you done a a video review or anything like that for this one? I have not for this one. So my wife and I have a YouTube channel. A lot of what we do is like music reactions, but I also do game reviews there, video reviews. Um, It's it's Coffee and Adventure. And um, let me see real quick what my last video review was. I, I believe it was Raven Ravenlock. Yeah, Ravenlock. Okay, which yeah. It's a good game. <laughs> Our I had editor a good time Corvo with it. talked to us about that, or was that Corvo? No, it was, was, that you no, know? It was Noah. It was you, know. Sorry, you were gone last week, so you know the extra week. <laughs> You know, it's, it's you know, if, if you if you miss one week, you're dead to me, kind of thing. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, all to wait in line for Zelda. Gosh, a collector's Dude. edition. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can read that geeksundergrace.com. Advanced Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp. All right. Uh, I think that is all the video games. We're going to talk about. So let us move into news. David, take it away. All righty. So, the really big thing that has come through this week is that Overwatch 2's PVE has, in fact, been scrapped. Um, <laughs> the essentially wow. what's been said is with Overwatch 2, we're building a cooperative narrative driven game experience that players have asked for since the original that we wanted to make for a long time uh, is what they said but then in a developer live stream they decided that development on the pv experience hasn't really made the progress we would have hoped for teams created a bunch of amazing content so there's awesome missions that are exciting and there's brand new enemies that are fun to fight Uh, but unfortunately the effort required to put all of that together into a blizzard quality experience we can ship to you is huge there really is no end in sight or defined end date that we can put that into the world. So we're left with the difficult choice. Do we continue to pour all that effort into PVE, hoping that we can do it? Or do we stick with the set of values we've aligned on, focus on the live game, and focus on serving you all? So essentially, they were like, you know what? It isn't worth the effort, especially considering we're making all this money on live service. So let's just focus on live service and use what we built so far to throw in some missions to keep y'all uh, satiated <laughs> during the seasons. What a so right there. <laughs> it, it is, it is. Uh, and Overwatch 2 still can be, is a lot of fun, and it's cool that we're getting some story missions still. It's not like it's, we're losing everything, but we're not getting that cool, the, 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 skill trees and all this different stuff of a real story mode that's gone this is it's gonna be more like an in-depth event uh maybe a little bit more in depth of an event that we were get that we were already getting um like with the 
the archive missions, I guess, is what they were called. So, but these might have just a little bit more to them, and that's about it. So, Anthony, I know you have to have a lot to say on this, so I'm going to defer over to you because, yeah, this is a this is a game that's near and dear to your heart, and you speak on it a whole lot, especially when it doesn't meet your expectations. <laughs> I do. But before I speak on it, Joe, do you have anything to say? Because I just, I just, I need this to get is the your only chance. Else. This is your only chance. I'm going to get it in while they were right. It's not just me, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's, say bad things so I don't sound so bad. <laughs> I'm really disappointed with this announcement. This was what I was waiting. Like, I was waiting on this campaign content to go back to the game. I. I know that I can't really keep up with a lot of modern players. You know, I can't dedicate that kind of time to really get good at, at Overwatch competitive. And I like that world and the way it controls and all the characters. I was looking forward to the campaign content, so I'm really disappointed to hear this. All right, is that is that it? That'll that'll do. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I, I'm just making sure you're the guest here. Okay. I don't want to. <laughs> no, and I are about to go off. Okay. Um, oh, is he pulling out his gavel? He's about to judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already put out a video on the Game of Thrones YouTube channel, so you can definitely hear some more thoughts there. But uh, no, this was an absolute gut punch. This uh, I play the PvP pretty regularly. I've fallen off because I need to play some other stuff and, and move on. You know, Star Wars being one of them and all that, but. This was an absolute gut punch. And I think what made it feel so bad for me was the fact that it felt deceptive. After four seasons, you already knew. You guys already knew that this wasn't coming out. It's to give Team 4 and Blizzard credit. I didn't expect them to be that candid in the GameSpot interview uh, when they talked about they wanted to communicate. I didn't expect, I'm like, I'm not sure y'all should have said everything here um, because some of this seems really bad. And, and I get it, right? I have empathy and sympathy for developers a lot of the times in terms of business practices, decisions made and all that. Like I, I, I look at these things, I look at business practices, I look at all that kind of stuff because it is a business. So you have to make business decisions and sometimes you can't because certain things, it's, it's going to affect the bottom line. I get that. But when you launched Overwatch 2, you already knew PvE was dead. That was a bombshell to me because it told me, y'all, okay, y'all launched Overwatch 2, not because you were trying to get the PvE out there and let just people play. It's because you already knew PvE was dead. So you're like, okay, we'll just put out the PVP and let people play that. And, uh, you know, we'll, once we have something to give people in terms of an announcement, in terms of a roadmap, then we're going to announce that we killed PVE, which that's the only way you could have done this. You couldn't have put out Overwatch 2 and not and said, uh, you know, hey guys, and by the way, PVE is not a thing anymore. Like that just would have blown up Overwatch 2. Uh, from the get-go, free-to-play or not, it just would have 
destroyed it. But this felt like a long distance relationship. Like it was like, oh yeah, this things are going well. You're we're talking all the time. I feel like we're happy. We're smiling. Then all of a sudden, oh, you broke up with me. Like oh, uh, uh I, okay. I guess it, I guess it's done. So and, oh, and you knew before we got together, like this wasn't going to work out. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's that this uh yeah it's it's just bad but in terms of wow there's just so many different layers to this they showed it to people at BlizzCon 2019 they let people play it at BlizzCon 2019 I don't think we've ever been okie doped like this in video games ever you can say what you want about Watch Dogs this is beyond that. They let people have a little taste of it with their They won't hands. get to play it at this year's BlizzCon where it's returning again for the first time <laughs> since 2019. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you had you had people who literally were like, yeah, this is, looks like a great start. We love where this is going. And then you just pull the plug. And look, I get it. I know it wasn't meant to be deceptive. I, I know that wasn't the intention. I, I get it. Creative projects can shift. Uh, me, myself, and I've shifted all kinds of different creative things that I've done. It's like I have an idea. I rock with it for a little while. All of a sudden, it's not working out for whatever reason. I kill it and move on to something else. But game development is like turning a boat. It's not turning a car. It takes a really long time to make any of these creative shifts if something isn't working out that you originally planned. So I understand when you think about the time sink and the money sink and how are you going to work all that stuff out? That is a difficult thing to work around. But at the end of the day, you got to figure it out because now you guys have put yourself in a hole. And this is the problem with live service at this point. The one thing about live service games is you got to keep promising something You got to keep advertising something to keep people coming back. Hey, guys, look, this is what you have to look forward to. And that's what Overwatch got stuck in because they decided it needs more. It needs more than what we think. We have this great idea, and it was a great idea. And because of the live service element, they weren't able to do it because live service is so demanding. And so at this point, I feel like I can't trust Team 4 with whatever they're going to come out with next. Yes, historically, they have done these kind of, you know, archives and story events and all this other stuff, and they have worked and they've been good and they've, you know, they've kept our attention while they're there. But this leaves a sour taste. This is because you know everything from here is going to be, man, this should have been this thing. And it's not. So... In my opinion, at this point, Overwatch has two years left. Like, I'm putting a cap on it. Like, this this is my prediction. It has two years left because they will reach a point. Team 4 will reach a point where they have done everything. They have done these events. They have done these stories and cycle through the same stuff over and over and over. And they're going to wish that they had PvE because at some point, we played it everything they've thrown at us. And I don't think that they have enough to be able to keep it going any longer than two years in an interesting way. And so 
when I say over in two years, I think the player base is just going not not going to be good enough to justify anything interesting beyond those two years. So I wish Blizzard and Team Four expanded their team to be able to make this PVE. Like instead of using the resources that you had and split them off to uh, between live service and a PVE, nah, invest in yourselves. Make the team bigger. Do that. You know, I, I know that's not an easy thing to do. Blizzard's obviously got financials to think about. But if you really think this idea will hit, and if you really think this thing will be something that can generate money and can keep people's interest and can be something like genuinely fun, not just some like, you know, just thing to throw out there for people and just, you know, it's it's cheap, it's mediocre, but it's something that's actually good that the people want, which Blizzard generally is known for doing, then you invest in your company, expand the team, and get them to work on that while the live service team continues to do the thing that they do. So there's not as much pressure on them because clearly this was a decision between PVE and like whatever the frick, what what else are we going to do? Because all the story stuff is going into PVE. So we don't want to do too much story stuff. No, no, no. You ain't got to worry about that. You do side story stuff. Like it doesn't have to be like drilled down, like deep lore content it'd be off stuff you know whatever you know like what batman does and you know different marvel comics do you got your main story and then you got your kind of side comics here and there so that's what i wish blizzard did they didn't now we're here i don't think overwatch is gonna have much legs left i hope it does of course but i think this is this is going to burn them forever like this is a permanent mark I have to ask, do you think this would have happened if Activision hadn't started cracking the whip on financials in the last couple of years? That's a great question. I think this is more of a live service issue. I think it's specifically just on live service. I think if, if Overwatch were just a boxed product, with updates. I, I guess kind of what Overwatch was originally. $60, updates, new characters, things like that. Loot boxes, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. But because it is a live service now, particularly free to play, there's a different pressure there because there is no other money coming in from people having bought a $60 or $70 product. It is strictly what you buy in the store. And so you have to continually figure out how do we get people to buy things without making them feel like FOMO or we're just gouging them, uh, which a lot of people are upset at the legendary prices. I'm not. I get how these things are priced compared to the rest of the market in other games. They're priced pretty similarly. Just Overwatch players aren't used to it. So I'm not really tripping over that. But point being, this is how they feel you know uh perspective is reality whatever the phrase is i can't think of it but perception there we go perception is reality this is their perception so blizzard's got to figure out how do we do this how do we do this they can't make pve and do all this other stuff at the same time resources all that this was the thing we're sacrificing live service the thing that we put out 
in order to make this PVE. And they can't do it. So the other option they could have done is not even release Overwatch 2 until the PVE was done, right? So my thing was Overwatch could have just died and just, you know, player base is super small. That's all right. Y'all made a whole bunch of money because in hindsight, now that we know how these things are priced in the store, everybody was overpaying for them loot boxes for all this stuff. So y'all made your money. So take that money, take your time, make the P, well, not take your time, but you know, make your PVE. And then when it's ready, launch Overwatch 2. And it's the huge revival for Overwatch. And everybody's back. And everybody's like, oh, shoot, it's 5v5. It's got all this stuff. And everybody's cool. But they wanted to keep the live service going. So this is the sacrifice that they had to make. Yep, I, I think it speaks to the hopeful realization that um, video game companies can kind of take note of is that live service is not as easy as what they think. And I'm hoping that this, I don't want to call it a failure, but this realization um, kind of deters every other company from putting out some live service game because you you just cannot keep up with the market and what the market wants. Um, I look at Bungie, what they've done for so long is incredible. Putting out PVE content like they have, which has made the PVP side suffer. So it's kind of a reverse situation, mm-hmm. yep. you know, yep. where they've had, they sacrificed the PVE to keep the PVE content rolling and updating, you know, and new stuff. So this kind of a reverse thing might, I, I'm very disappointed. Like I, it. I had broken up with Overwatch 2. I moved on and realized that there are much better, you know, more options to like put my gaming time into, you know. And so I was like, you know, you jo- I was waiting for the PvE to come back. You know, that's what was going to be my big return and stuff. And now it's like, well, I'm glad I moved on, you know, like that's and I'm totally empathetic with them that this can't be a decision that they're like, it'll be fine. You know, they know what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And they knew that the recoil that was going to happen when they announced this, they, they knew and they did it in the, it's one of those situations where you're trying to over explain to someone why you're making a decision. And in doing so you're making it worse. Yeah. (laughs) That is my biggest thing. Like if they would have said like, Hey, we're having to, scrap this because we can't produce the content that we expect ourselves to make and that you expect us, you know, to give, we can't, you know, achieve what we promised and that's on us, you know, and we're going to transition and we're in, you know, transition all this. We're going to put some of it uh, that we had planned into the live service model, into our battle pass, you know, our seasonal content, that kind of thing and kind of break it up like what Bungie does you know, a little mode every season, you know, mm-hmm. but instead <laughs> they went into detail saying, oh yeah, we knew about this back, you know, and it's like, so you lied to us. That's what it feels like. You know, it feels like, yeah. Yeah. It very much feels that way and comes across that way. And they're it trying to be a all, mission. They're trying to be all PR about it and like, oh, well we, you know, this, that, this, and it's like, no bare bones guys. Like you, you deceived us. If we feel deceived. Um, especially with how far back they knew they had to shift, they should have immediately called that out, which they kind of couldn't because they needed Overwatch 2 to come out because not only were 
the fan base tired of waiting with no content. The league, the Overwatch League, was tired and kind of almost forced their hand to put the Overwatch 2 patch on to get viewership. That They were begging for viewership. Good point. Yep. Even though they lost all the sponsors uh, because of other things in you know, out of their, their, you know, control. Oh yeah. But that's beside the point. Um, it just, it's a lot of not necessarily bad decisions. It's things that happened that accumulated into eventually, you know, how did we end up here? Well, you know, now we see, uh, that's, it's just, it's disappointing. And I feel bad for them having to go through the growing pains of a live service, uh, evidently they think that they're going to be successful enough with their PVP stuff right now that they can rely solely on that to fund the game. I don't know how long that, uh, which, you know, we don't know the numbers. So, you know, they could be doing very well with their battle passes and the skins and stuff, but I just, I don't see that, you know, being their main thing, but evidently they do, which is totally, you know, they're right. Um, Aside from the deceiving, my biggest um, issue is the padding that they have done to soften the blow because it's not as bad as, you know, PVE scrapped. The the way they're wording the content that they're going to be putting into the game as, you know, we're going to have some PVE content, you know, interactions and unique enemies and stuff i don't like that wording because pve content to me is like standalone rpg style content not hey we're gonna put in a story mission where you fight a couple turrets you go sit on a point you fight some more turrets (laughs) you sit on a point you know like which is what a lot of their stuff is that can be events don't call that pve content because it's it's really not it technically is but it's not and that's one of my biggest issues um is they're trying to say that we're still keeping a lot of that stuff in the game when in actuality it's going to be reused assets reused maps with you know a couple of objectives tied in um yeah, it's it's rough right now. So hopefully they can straighten things out. Because uh, I'm very curious to what they're calling these story missions, you know, and experiences. Because um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, did you play the Star Watch event, Anthony? Yes, I talked PB about that. EP? Yeah, yeah, I talked about okay. that last week. Okay, yeah that that is not a good sign if that's what they call PVEV PVEVP content. Um, so yeah, right. I'm I forgot I just, it was PVEVP yeah, <laughs> like, like as I'm playing PV, it just feels like PVP, unless like these new story missions. And you know, if they come out and say, Hey, this one for season, which they might have said, like, Hey, this stuff that we've been cooking is like launching with season seven, you know, however long, you know, if we know that that's the new stuff, we can kind of get a an expectation. That it might be different. It might be better than like Junkenstein or, you know, the archive missions, because that's just, we're going to put you in a section of the map and let you shoot a few bots, and that's your mission. Um, replayable, not going to be, in my opinion. People will hop in, play it once or twice, then hop out and probably not touch it again. Uh, so I. I'm hoping that Overwatch doesn't go back to being a, you know, 
meme of the only people who play it are going to play it forever. You know, it's such a small player base. Um, but only time will tell. But uh, it's it's disappointing. <laughs> like I, I'm Diablo Four is coming out pretty soon. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. So yeah, I um I so full disclosure, uh Blizzard does give me free battle passes um every season and I don't care. I'm criticizing them. <laughs> like this this yeah. is awful. This is a horrible thing. And that's why I predict they they, they got two years. That's it. There's just I based on the history of Overwatch. Yep. Where they had like, six events per season and they reduced it to three events this season. Now, yes, they're saying in season six they're gonna have more stuff, and the seasons after that are gonna have more. That's fine. You totally do that. But how often are you going to be able to produce that for the next two years? Meanwhile, we're still gonna have the same Lucille Ball and the the lunar new year events and the winter wonderland and you know the same stuff the valentine's day event all the same stuff that we've been rotating for a while uh the terrible you know olymp gods of olympus event whatever that crap was for the next two years that's what we're gonna do i with some story stuff story stuff in there i don't think it has the legs to keep people that long. It depends on how many skins they put out and how many skins they buy. That will fund the game. If people get fed up with it, you know. If like people said, are coming back, there's nobody who's going to buy the stuff, right? So, like, they, they have to produce. the. It, it is, it's, it's the same thing with the Xbox. You got to have games. And in this case, you got to have content. content. Yeah. So... If the content is mediocre or tired, the people ain't going to come back. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know. I've played that event for, you know, they're going to have episode two of Lover Watch. Great. Yeah. And they have their next version of that. Fantastic. Now, give them credit. Junkenstein's Revenge 2, like, the, that was fun. That was good. But again, you play it three or four times, you get your little high yeah. scores, you try hard mode, legendary mode. All right. Cool. Play with your friends a few times. All right, we're done. You either play the PvP or you're out. And now that there's yep. nothing consistent for PvE, unless they just release like PvE, like this, this is just a mode where you just play all the PvE stuff, however often you want. But that's still not good enough because there's nothing fundamentally different from it versus PvP other than you're shooting bots. Otherwise, it's standing on a point, doing everything that you just talked about, Noah. It's and there, and it's not like it. they have. And you know, we have unique enemies. It's like you can have unique enemies, but if they run the same path that every other bot is coded to run, you know, it doesn't matter. You got to have unique interactions with your enemies if you're going to have these story missions. Because um, otherwise, it's like you know, we said you're going to stand on the point. They're going to run in a straight line at you because that's what they're coded to run. And you're just going to get bored. So I I had a thought and I just lost it. But like, I, I really hope that, um, oh, that's, I remember I thought, I have expectations now with them 
you know, gutting this RPG replayable mission stuff. Um, that stuff, for the most part, for what they've been working on, should be close to done. They just, I think the content, you know, that they wanted, they won't be able to make the mass, or they weren't able to do the mass, you know, production of it for a full standalone. We better be getting some two heroes a season pass or, you know, a map, an extra map, <laughs> yeah. you know, another mode. There better be more yeah. ad- added on substantially in the next upcoming seasons than, you know, one new map every other season, one new hero every other season. You know, like there's, I know they said they're returning a fan favorite map, which I'm like, if they bring Assault back as their fan favorite map, Hanamura. Yeah. Like, Temple of Anubis. I, I'm just like, oh, I, I kill me before we go to Anubis again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I'm gonna. I think expectations need to be set higher for the seasons now, because it's like we know that you guys have some stuff because you said you have had you have some stuff. Um, it just makes me really mad that I waited all those years when Overwatch One had no content. You know, being like, hey, it's okay, Overwatch Two. We're getting all this, you know, standalone stuff. We're getting a full PVE experience. You know, it's fine. This is what they're working on. And to know that, you know, all that time's wasted. It it definitely, like you said, sour tastes in, you know. So I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I miss Jeff. At least Jeff would comfort me. You know, he was so good at comforting, <laughs> even during the bad news. So yeah. He, I I miss Papa Jeff so bad. <laughs> like, What's interesting is at least the things that I've read is Jeff's original intention was for Overwatch to be more similar to Counter-Strike and that he made the game and it stayed the same. It was the fact that fans clamored for content mm-hmm. and suddenly they had to I mean, add stuff. That's why he, so. he was leaving because Overwatch yeah. was going to swap to, you know, more live service yeah. and he's OG. It had already you know, pushed Blizzard. that way, yeah. Yeah, he's OG Blizzard philosophy. That's not him. They they want to cook as much as time as they need to. And then when they finally put out their product, it's, you know, pristine. Yep. Whereas, you know, life service nowadays, it's like, hey, if it will launch, launch it, we'll patch it, and they'll be fine. Kind of a, yep. a mindset. So I mean, this this is this is to me, <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy, but this is worse than Halo Infinite. Imagine if Halo Infinite launched their multiplayer and then they're like, hey guys, sorry, campaign is gone. We knew about this a year ago. We yeah. just kept promising that PVE is coming. Like that's right. and we've this, let we've let you play the PVE portions. It you know, like right. We gave that, you a, a vertical slice of what this could be. We gave you literally a little piece of the cake. You try it, you tested it, you said it was good. All right, just wait. Sorry, guys. We can't do it. Ah, oh, that hurts every like time I, said, I say it. And like you know, like I said, just stop. Just Aaron, like shush, like stop explaining. They should have just said, "Hey, we've made the decision today. You know, we're we can't. You know, we're not going to be able to do this. So from here point forward, we're going to you know interweave the stuff that we've." worked on we're going to interweave it into the seasons and try to make those a beefier experience for you guys you know to make the battle pass seem a better value you know 
that kind of PR lingo, but no, you had to be like, yeah, we've known about it for a while. Yeah. That just, oh, it's just disappointing. And like I said, it's, I know it's not, I know it's, it was not a decision that they were happy about. I know that they were upset about it and it, it's a very unfortunate and sucky situation. It just, man, that's, that's about all I can say (laughs) without getting more depressed. (laughs) Team (laughs) four feels like the young adult who enters the, 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 the grownup room and is like, Hey guys, like. I know you guys do things this way, but we want to do this. And the culture of Blizzard has traditionally been, we're not going to say nothing until we got this thing right and tight. And then Team 4 comes in, and they're like, we want to communicate, and we want to talk to the people, and all of that. And so they decide, we're going to show you this thing we're working on. Because also part of you know the whole live service culture that you have to keep goading people with stuff, int- enticing them with things. But that's not the Blizzard way. They stepped outside of the culture of Blizzard, and now they are answering for it. And it feels just <laughs> like it feels like all the youngins in the room. Like <laughs> they've been doing this for a while. You got the Diablo team, World of Warcraft. You know, they've been doing it. God knows <laughs> they've been doing it. So uh Starcraft even like you got all these old heads in here be like, not nah, team don't do it. Don't do it. And then they go out and do it. World of Warcraft is just going about their business. Diablo 4 is going about their business. We told you, we told you. We ain't gonna say nothing, but we told you, we told you. <laughs> Rough. I mean, look at Diablo 4 right now. Look at the 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 uh it, it, the praise for it that it's getting from the betas and stuff like it is everybody's like this is great like it's i said i i have moved on and i'm not looking back i was looking back a little over my sh- my shoulder like hey are you guys still doing okay oh, i think you'll be good in a bit you know like i'm gonna let you do your thing you know we'll talk whenever you whenever you fix yourself you know you sort yourself out and you look back and you're like hey yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep <laughs> Noah's on to uh, playing Call of Duty with me. So <laughs> until June sixth, and then uh, we'll we'll have to. I think yeah. I'll have to be. Uh, um, you guys have to fight for custody. Like, okay, we got him Saturday from six to eight. You know, like so yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, it's all I mean, eventually, I will be with you as well on June sixth, and I just, I just feel like, you know, there. Oh, I'm still going to cover Overwatch just because, you know, as David does with Call of Duty, so I do with Overwatch as well. I still like the game. I'm still going to play the game. I'll check out the events and share my opinion and share if they're doing great or not. But, you know, with what I've played of the Diablo betas, I'm like, "Mm, y'all going to have a really hard time keeping (laughs) me around Team 4 with Overwatch. I think the, you know, my final uh statement on it is is a um and i'll you know vary it a little bit but there was a, a parks and rec uh episode where a, a lovely gentleman named ron swanson said you know never i'll put i'll say never put half effort into two things put 100 <laughs> yes. effort into one thing yep um and make that perfect so i i'm hoping that you know this will now be a lesson learned 
so all right spoken oh i made it up myself thank you <sighs> after just referencing parks and rec yep <laughs> this is this is where uh you know goldfish brain yep. would really come in handy for people well well we've talked a lot about overwatch and now it's back to zelda because it is the <laughs> fastest selling game in the history of the franchise they sold 10 million units in the first three days it's the fastest selling nintendo game for any system in europe and the americas and it sold a bunch in japan too it's just sold lots and lots and lots uh the craziest thing is this whole thing where everybody keeps talking about the 70 dollars price tag and how it's hurting all these games well last i checked modern warfare <laughs> sold uh, more than any Call of Duty game, and they had $70 copies, as well as uh, Zelda just sold, <laughs> broke records. And, yeah, so 10 million copies. What do we think about that, gents? Isn't that about a third of the lifetime sales of Breath of the Wild already? Yep. Oh, my That's, gosh. That is bananas <laughs> numbers. Well, here's the other thing. You're never getting a traditional Zelda game again as long as you live. No, I disagree. I 100% I 100%. See, here's the thing. The NBA had two errors, right? Pre three-pointer and post three-pointer, right? So (laughs) it was, you know, and you argue about, oh, who was the greatest in whatever era and whatever and whatnot. And it's like, well, it's kind of hard to compare because there were two different kind of play styles that they had had to do. So now... If you compare it, Zelda has two different eras. They have traditional Zelda, and now they have kind of, I guess, innovative, creative Zelda. And both can exist. Both can exist at the same time. Now, I'm not saying they're going to make, you know, two Zelda games per year, one traditional, one, you know, Breath of the Wild style. But now Nintendo has the option to be able to bounce between either of them. And I can guarantee you, Breath of the Wild Zelda fans will still buy traditional Zelda. And of course, traditional Zelda fans will buy. I mean, the traditional Zelda fans are buying Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. So they both can exist. And when the creativeness of Tears of the Kingdom becomes a bit tired, they can just go back to a bit of traditional Zelda, spice it up a little bit. Both can exist. I think I think this is actually a really good position for Nintendo and Zelda right now. It is. I think it's interesting, though, because of the fact that, like, Twilight Princess, which was obviously the best, one of the best received Zelda games at that point in time, it, it sold 8.85 million copies, and that's it. Yeah, like on I one mean, of the most selling Nintendo consoles. I'm sorry, which uh, one was that again? The GameCube wasn't one of the highest. The Wii. Selling. It came out on the Wii. It launched on the Wii. Yeah, it came on the GameCube too. So yeah, it still launched. It was a launch. It was a launch title, though. Okay. Because we could also claim that Breath of the Wild was a Wii U game. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the difference is is. Twilight Princess still wasn't actually that great. So, and I think that bore out in sales. <laughs> so, personally, eh. I just, I'm just looking at it in that sales kind of thing. Then you've got Tears of the Kingdom that outsold it the entirety of that lifetime in 
three days. The opening weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, you're coming off the back so, of Breath of the Wild. So, yes. You're like, welcome, Nintendo. I helped. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, think, it just it makes it harder for those to exist when you know, oh, we put this out and we make this kind of money. So, yeah, I mean, c- companies the size of Nintendo are risk-averse. And to see that they've taken risk doing new things and it bore out with those kinds of sales, like... I understand why they would be reticent. I mean, wasn't it Alnuma recently came out and said, this is the new template? So, did you say that? I think so. Wow. Yep. With okay. like their openy, worldy, like, you know. Okay. Style. Yeah. I didn't hear that quote. Okay. That, that Breath he, of the Wild style turn lingo. I, yeah. I like that. He'd said that Ocarina of Time was the previous template. Now, this is going to be the new template going forward. Now, but but even with Ocarina of Time, we've gotten traditional Zelda games in yeah. there. So, yeah, I think we're still going to see the traditional stuff on occasion. Yeah. Two days ago, he said he finds the Ocarina of Time format a bit restricting now. That's what he said specifically. Well, I but think that's, in term of de- that's in terms of design, not necessarily, oh, this sold Buku's. I'm leaving the other thing behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think... I think the struggle is now, you know, and I was excited about the idea of, you know, they, they said uh, it will have traditional dungeons. Tears of the Kingdom has traditional dungeon. I'm like, okay. Then I hear from other people. It's like, yeah, they're, they're kind of more expansive uh, uh, divine beasts. And it's like, oh, okay, well, fine then. So now I think there's going to be, if, if this is the, the new template, then it is a template. And the template is Zel- this form of Zelda is a creative Zelda, not a conquering Zelda. Like traditional Zelda is more about conquering things. This is more about the creativity, which is why I'm design wise okay with the idea of weapon breaking. I hate it, but I get why it is there now because it, uh, it forces you to be more creative in combat. And they want this breath of the wild style of zelda to be top to bottom a creative experience and so now auna how do you say his name again Aunuma? Aunuma. i, I feel like there's some extra letters that. in there that was missing yeah. <laughs> but as i was saying it like i saw his name and i was like wait a minute is there another o in there anyway so his struggle will be i mean tears of the kingdom seems to be as I mean, I uh, obviously we've proven wrong, but Tears of the Kingdom seems to be like as 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 Buku like just do whatever that you want as you can go, <laughs> you know. Like it seems like they've already reached the peak. So then it it's the challenge of can they actually do traditional Zelda with a more creative touch on it instead, instead of it being as restrictive as a Ocarina of Time, for example? Can they? combine a 70% breath of the wild with maybe more traditional style dungeons while not sacrificing the creativity. I think that'll be an interesting challenge because I think with this, it's either you do this and maybe change up some different um, abilities and have a new map or you kind of, try to weave both of them in in some way, but still keeping the creative template that this Breath of the Wild style is. 
And I mean, if there's a team that could figure it out, it's obviously this team because this is just, I mean, I mean, Breath of the Wild was nuts when they launched it. So yeah, I yeah, agree. The this team is just so smart about it. like there there's something to be said about having the right team <laughs> and Nintendo, man, it, it, people you can tell people the best want to work for them <laughs> because they're putting out stuff that is the best. Like it sure doesn't always sell the best, no, but uh it's almost always good. <laughs> And that's a testament to people being in the room, especially when you consider, I mean, <clears throat> once again, we've already talked about what they're managing to get out of a seven-year-old system that is by all rights way more underpowered than its next-gen brethren. <laughs> there, there are games out there that don't achieve half of what Breath of the Wild is achieving at 30 frames per second, 720p. <laughs> What what game can you dive out of the sky directly down into a map without like, I mean, it just it's incredible. It really it's is flawless too. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there not pop in? Sure, there is, but the spectacle and the scale of all of it is still there. So beyond that, we also got a chance to see the top selling stuff <laughs> for April because you know video games uh, have been coming out all the time and. Uh, crazy enough, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor was the top-selling game of April, and that's with two days on the market. Three, I guess you could technically say, because 28th, 29th, and 30th. But the fact that it managed to grab the number one spot, especially considering we do have a lot of great games still that have come out so far this year, is a testament to it. Uh, we saw Dead Island take the number two spot, which is pretty good for Dead Island. Um, had MLB good, the actually. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, once again... It's game that everybody left, you know, left for dead. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and now it's back I for mean, blood. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Dying light. Let's throw that in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are. It went for what nine years and three developers. That game was in development hell uh, to come out and manage to be the number two on the sales charts with. Nine to ten days to do it, pretty good. Uh, MLB The Show was at number three, which it remained at. Uh, Resident Evil 4 fell to four, which was, it was the number one game last month. Uh, Modern Warfare at number five, and uh, a couple other. There's not really a lot of crazy stuff on the list. Uh, Advance Wars actually made it to number 15, which Nintendo doesn't do digital. So yeah, that's actually a pretty good spacing. Four to fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there. there's a lot of repeats. Somehow Mario Kart Eight is at number ten because Mario Kart Eight just continues to sell. Damn. I'm like, doesn't everybody <laughs> have this already? Jeez. I know. Every time you think everyone has Mario Kart, every Mario December, Kart and GTA Five. Every Christmas season, Mario Kart is the number yeah. one selling game. It is bonkers. Yeah. I was mainly, like I said, some of it was just wanting to point out some specifics, like for instance, uh. New Super Mario Brothers came in at number 16, and Super Mario 3D what? World was number 20. <laughs> it had to be the movie. Yeah, it was movie. the movie. That's oh, what. It, that's yeah, more what I was yeah. kind of pointing at with it. Uh, yeah. But again, Nintendo doesn't provide digital sales, so to me, that's even more impressive when the Nintendo game makes it on that list because you know it's way higher most likely than what it actually is listed at. Um, and then, of course... Uh, the Switch ended up being the top-selling system 
in terms of units where PlayStation was top you in terms of revenue made uh, dollars. So yeah, then uh, again, Zelda and Mario helping out the Switch a lot here in the very end of it. Um, any surprises? Any thoughts on the different things that are on the I list? Mean, in terms of Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor, this uh, I've been playing it and I've gotten further and I'm enjoying the frick out of it. And awesome. <laughs> this is yep. the standard by which Disney will want video game stories to be told from now on. Um, I think the what they've done with it, yes, it's not you know perfect from top to bottom, but man, I I watched so much Star Wars growing up and. It's just, it's in my blood, even though I haven't been watching Star Wars as much. And I play this game and I'm like, I feel like I am in the Star Wars universe right now. Like I, this is, this is the Star Wars game and it's, and it's not this overly cinematic game. I'm not trying to punch down at Sony games, but (laughs) when I say that, but We'll uh, we'll give you a chance later to hate on Sony games. No, 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 no. No, I, I really don't hate like, Sony <laughs> we, games. We know. Okay. Um, they've been Strongly dogging me on Discord, okay? <laughs> We're joking about console war stuff. Um, but uh, it's it, like it's an actual like difficult game. It's, it's truly got gameplay that you have to, you know, think about things and master things and all that. And it, that that part of it does bring you into the idea of what it might feel like to be a Jedi a little bit. I, I, I have some issues with the whole, the, the power dynamic between like some of the just regular ads and you know, how they have, they have to tone the, the strength of a Jedi in order to kind of make it fair. But <laughs> overall, like, like this this is the formula right here and all you do from now on is just perfect it um you know maybe it doesn't always have to be a dark soulsy type of game but in terms of the way the game feels and plays you can you can alternate out in and out of you know maybe we don't need meditation circles and you know all that stuff and resets with rests and whatnot but the, it, it sells well and it bears fruit that a good story in a Star Wars video game is possible. Disney is now convinced, I am sure. Um, hopefully, they you know they don't come out and be like, "Oh, we're disappointed in the sales of," <laughs> you know. But um, the, the sounds From what EA said, they're very happy with the sales. So I, I would believe so because I think the first one they were kind of like, "Yeah, it was good," and this one they're like, "Yeah." Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So glad they gave him a second one. Most surely we'll have a third one. And I trust yep. Respawn to be able to ex- expand and, and fortify these ideas. Especially since you'll have even more time under your belt and even more console power to work with, most likely. Here's just to hoping that it comes out a little less buggy this uh, when, when yeah. the third one comes out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, moving forward, we get into the kick punching of everything. Uh, Warner Brothers Games and NetherRealm has announced Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, I made a joke on Twitter that Mortal Kombat 1, it's the one fighting game you will play. There will be launchers in the menu for <laughs> Street Fighter, Tekken, and Smash Brothers. <laughs> if you're on the Switch version. Um, 
<laughs> Make a little Xbox One joke there. Yep. <laughs> um, Mortal Kombat 1, so the idea of this one, I don't know if y'all have watched the trailer for it, but the idea of this one is that in Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Liu Kang becomes a, a god, essentially, and is able to reshape the world. And... Mm using time essentially the the, he he essentially reshapes it using an hourglass of time and stuff and what we're moving into is literally time we're we're moving into a reborn universe with reimagined characters and they say unexpected twists on classic rivalries different things like that so it's just very i'm very intrigued to see where they go because it is a big risk in the sense of these games since the reboot from nine, which admittedly we've had a full trilogy of game of these fighting games, they've been able to do a lot with the story. You're taking a risk in the sense of you know, certain characters aren't there anymore, uh, char- possibly characters that people really love and want to see may not be in this game that we've had from the last ones. Um, have has anybody who has watched the trailer for Mortal Kombat? me for those jeez that is uh <laughs> all, all, all of, of us yeah. have so all of us, yeah. jeez that thing is brutal i can't believe that that's like a red band trailer man <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm watching i'm, I'm at, i was actually getting uneasy i was uh, too. they did they did such a good job with the the gore and sound yeah. and I, I mean i i'm watching it on a phone <laughs> <laughs> and being queasy like, like i'm not even like you know headset and nice screen this is just the, is, the so i can't even imagine <laughs> david usually when certain video game trailers come out he'll be like hey this came out i watched it on my phone like you know wait until it's on a bigger you know on the, your 4k you know he'll tell me like wait and you know appreciate it that 5.1 yeah oh yeah and this one i can feel david's like oh, don't no. watch it on a big screen <laughs> <laughs> do not get sound surround sound involved yeah. listen listen to it with the most tinny speakers you can buy yeah. <laughs> so the 240p what is interesting is this is a next gen only game in terms of uh the mainline consoles and playstation and xbox it's not so coming be on to ps4 Switch, but it is com- it actually is coming to nintendo switch oh it is yes they're probably gonna stream it so <laughs> it, it is either oh, well, and here's the interesting thought on that, though, is while that's a thought, fighting games are not something you want to play through the cloud. Oh, no. not at all. So I'm curious as to if they might have, I don't remember if it was a separate studio that built the Switch version of Mortal Kombat 11, but I could see it getting its own port, uh, its own version yeah. of whatever yeah. this is. Uh, but how this thing's gonna look great on ps being developed only for these mm-hmm. new gen consoles um i know we've obviously we've got Sh- street fighter 6 shortly but we're getting this in september is this is this possibly one of the greatest years ever for fighting game fans and i didn't they announce a new tekken as well i can't remember tekken 8 is already has already been announced and is technically on the schedule for this year could get, still get delayed but is still it's, technically on the schedule. I mean, it's all been a I need long time. Is Soul Calibur, and I'll be and I'll be fine. <laughs> well, the way this year's going, just give it a second. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
a new virtual uh, fighter. And then here comes Smash Brothers, King of Fighters. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, like last minute entry. Here we go. Uh, Evo's just like, calm down, guys. <laughs> no, this is this is certainly a uh this is a strong showing for fighting games right now. That's that's for sure. I grew up on fighting games, so seeing Street Fighter kind of return to its roots and be a uh, and be what it is as a competitive game, but also kind of uh, it, it embraces uh, casuals a little bit more now. Uh, that demo was fantastic. I can't wait till the full game comes out. So that's a great start. And then you got Mortal Kombat. Uh, I'm not sure how much. I guess I was reading up on it, and I guess it. I don't know. The wording is weird, but it sounds like it'll have some tag teamish type of things going on with it. Um, it almost sounds like the, I guess the trophy fighters from Smash Brothers to a degree, cameo fighters is what they're saying. A a unique roster of partner characters that can assist during matches. Yeah, so, uh, that could be tag team Marvel versus Capcom ish. Um, it could be like you said, Smash kind of trophy. They come in, do some stuff, and then pop out. I don't know what that will be, but I think the core of what they've built from Mortal Kombat 9, I think that will generally be the same. I think stylistically we're looking at this. This is, I think this is Mortal Kombat Street Fighter 4. So, um, you know, when they, when they switched to that new engine and the whole graphic style and all of it, like it was still Street Fighter. But man, it ha- it just had a certain punch to it, and now we're here at Street Fighter Six, and they they've kind of perfected it. This is, I think, their Street Fighter Four. So, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think built on the Mortal Kombat Nine model, though. Well, it's definitely a. It's been a good size layoff because the Mortal Kombat Eleven came out in 2019, and this is of course 2023 when this one's coming out. Yeah, uh, they Mortal Kombat nine through eleven. Uh, ten, yeah. ten was had a four year, and then uh, nine had a four year. So I mean, it's about the same, but it feels like every time they've iterated, they've done a really good job with the iterations compared to how it was just kind of everything was coming out all a year after. <laughs> back in the back in the early 2000s on and then they did DC Universe which was absolute garbage so <laughs> we'll see yeah. they always do great story modes yes and that's that's what I'm really looking forward to I, with Street Fighter you know 5 came out I got two copies when it first came out one for PC one for PlayStation cuz they they were interplayable and you know I had my fight stick there was no story mode and, and as an early adopter, I felt severely burned by Street Fighter V, where I went to Mortal Kombat and ate it up because that campaign was so good. Yep. So, well, I've always enjoyed the fact of you, the Mortal Kombat uh, Injustice as well, but the the story modes are a really good spot to learn how to use all of the characters mm-hmm. and, and learn yep. their moves because of the fact of they just switch you as you continue on. Mm-hmm. So you, you're forced to get to know different characters rather than just jump in the story, pick my favorite and then just work my way through. Yeah. So the, 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 it's a really cool way and good way of it. And that it actually got me 
playing fighting games again because of I, I was actually enjoying my time with it. So mm, go play also, Street Fighter Six. <laughs> oh, I plan so on how do you, to, I did download the demo. Oh yeah. Good. You should play that. Don't just I don't will. do the Fire Emblem thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, how do you feel about Street Fighter Six? I got hands on with the demo. I, I actually swore off Street Fighter after five. Oh. And I'm eating I'm eating my words because I played the demo for six and I, I really like it. And I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. 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 So it is good. I'm going to get right back into I grew up uh, on two. So looking forward oh, to yeah. using this. Oh, what is that, David? Nice. Can you please explain what that thing is that you're showing <laughs> off on the screen? It, it's the Victrix PD Pro, Pro controller from PDP. And it has a, essentially, you can switch out, swap out the right side. Uh, buttons and analog stick with a fight pad so does it does it have a usb lock though <laughs> no it does not <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh joe we have to show you the clip okay <laughs> we will have to show you the clip yes um uh, that's that's david doing his thing yep. he either brags about how he doesn't play his switch or shows off the peripherals that he has <laughs> I do have a lot of peripherals. But, you do, uh, you do, that, and you kind of. I'll say this: I, I love, I do love that controller. Uh, that's actually what I use when I play Call of Duty for the four back buttons. Um, yep. And uh, now we get into the fun part of where we are going to face each other in a fight, because the Sony PlayStation Showcase is back. And guess what? We get exciting. to watch it just like their games. <laughs> we're gonna vault you in a second <laughs> okay so i did appreciate i did appreciate the vaulted joke about me i uh from the last week i did appreciate that i was like the leo meme like oh i get the reference you know like, exactly exactly uh, so there's uh so something i will point out that i actually saw when I was looking through, uh, I was listening to Kind of Funny's reaction on the PlayStation Showcase being announced, and they brought up that in September of 2021, the last time we got a showcase, it was 42 minutes long, uh, of September of 2020, which was when they showed off the kind of the launch lineup and everything, gave some of the features, uh, that was 47 minutes long. June 2020, which was our first time seeing anything of what was coming for PlayStation 5. It was an yeah. hour and 14 minutes. By the way, that was a fantastic showcase. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't remember that one. When PlayStation does a a prop, pop, what's a proper showcase, it usually is fantastic. Um, But the crazy, the cool thing is, is the the verbiage that they actually used in that 2020 show is the digital showcase will run for a bit more than an hour. They have repeated that in the current blog post for this 2023 show that it says the showcase will run for a bit more than an hour. Meaning first thing I thought was, okay, we'll probably be like, you know, five minutes over maybe <laughs> now nah, we could be upwards of 15 minutes extra. So this could be a good 75 minute show. And when we talk about 75 minutes, there's a whole lot of video game you can shove into 75 minutes worth of a show, especially when you've got some things which are minute, two-minute trailers. 
Now, we know that's not going to be the brunt of it, but what we do want to do is have a little fun fantasy draft and go a couple rounds and make some predictions, uh, see who gets the bragging rights next week. Uh, Joe will not most likely be with us, but if he wins, we promise that we will give him his props. <laughs> What's but as he, <laughs> I'm not telling him as as, as Joe is man. the guest, we have given him the first pick of the draft. Well, before we go... start, before we start, explain <laughs> how this draft works so that the people understand what we're doing. Because you know, with a draft, you take on, you know, you you get the player and you keep the player. So how are we so, doing this? So we're going to go for three rounds with one with a fourth wild card round. We are going to essentially everything except for Spider-Man 2, which we at this point, Spider-Man 2 is there. We It's a bit of a freebie. We're going to go through and we're going to pick what games we think are going to show up at the showcase. And we will kind of base our points off of who gets what right, essentially. Now, we are being more general so if it's if it's a quick show up or if it has a extended gameplay look, there's not going to be additional points for guessing anything specific. It is just going to be on the on the side of Spider-Man 2 showed up one point to Gryffindor. So we're starting again with Joe and we are going to go snake draft through these three just so that way it's it's fair to everyone that way no as noah is at the end of the round he will get to be at the beginning of the second round so okay. joe what go, is there anything else we need to explain on that one anthony no i think we're good okay. let's go we're good okay joe what do you think's going to show up i'm i'm keeping right. the secretary's notes here so my first pick is final fantasy 7 rebirth Oh, okay. That's a good, good pick. So, what? Why do you think that that one is is showing up? I think we're due up for some sort of at least a trailer or something, right? Like it's been a couple of years since remake was out, and and people have had time to pull. The teams had time to do some development, and and I think we're gonna at least see, if if nothing else, at least a teaser for. For, or for rebirth. I mean, technically, they did say it's coming in the winter of twenty twenty three, or in the winter of like, the next. So it could still be twenty twenty four. Yeah, it still could yeah. be twenty twenty four. But you know, it could that could just mean it's in January, February, and I highly doubt PlayStation is sticking in the next six months because yeah. we know what we know what limiting your time becomes when you do a show based on a certain time frame. So my pick is is the next in the draft and this is actually a bit of a tough one. But it's only the second pick, man. I'm thinking that the rumored Metal Gear Solid remake Ooh, is going to one. show up there. Uh, supposedly Konami has done exclusive deals with PlayStation on we've heard Metal Gear, Castlevania, and Silent Hill 2. One of those has already been confirmed, and I had uh, 
I and a friend had some good sources that we knew about Silent Hill 2 happening years before now. And uh, if Konami is willing to go ahead and set that up with them, why not with Metal Gear? Why not with Castlevania, as we're hearing about? But I'm going to go with the pick that I think is a little bit more realistic of the two in Castlevania and Metal Gear, and go with Metal Gear Solid. Okay. That's my pick. Just out Anthony, of curiosity. Go ahead. Just, yeah. Do you think it's going to be remakes? Yes. Or I think it's, it's. I think it's a remake of the original Metal Gear Solid is what I think it's actually going the to be. PlayStation 1 Solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, that would be interesting. All right. It is my pick. I am not here to necessarily win. I am here to guess the biggest, like, ridiculous stuff. Because <laughs> if that is the case, I will have mad. I'll give you mad props. I'll give you mad props. So I, with my first pick, am going to go with The Last of Us multiplayer. Ooh, factions. Doing. Factions, yes, that is what I am going with as my first pick. Um, I think it's, I, I don't think they're going to show a whole bunch of it if, um, because I, I don't, I don't think it would come out this year, but I do think it's worth giving an update on it. Um, considering all this Last of Us stuff, I think they want to keep that Last of Us vibe going, keeping people's interest in it, and let people know, hey. You know, we're doing all this stuff with the single player Last of Us. We didn't put in the multiplayer with the remastered uh, version, uh, the part one. And so, want to let you know, check this out. Trailer. And they do something and that'll be it. With uh, Factions 2 is actually one of the ones I was looking at on my list when I was prepping for this. And uh, I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they put a date on it and put a beta in place. For pre-order. Just like I I think that they are, as you said, trying to ride that Last of Us train. And I I think that they are ready to the they're putting this is a showcase. You are showing. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll see. Noah, where are you at? Oh, hopefully still here and not having tech issues. Um, so for my (laughs) first pick, um, the weeb in me is front and center i am mm. predicting we're going to get a new cyber connect fighting oh. game i don't know who you know or what franchise i've heard rumors that it might be like a all you know all coming together like jump force esque um you know but and i don't want to p- pick a you know specific um property so i'm going to go with can cyber connect is the best uh i think for the job so i i'm going with a new game by them i think we're due for a, a new fighting game nice okay well the snake and draft so, comes back to you so what's your oh, what's your second one? pick yeah. um second so this is this is a a bit of a wild wild card but it's mostly because i am hoping i can will this game to be presented and shown off um, I think it's time for Ghost of Tsushima 2 to get announced. Ooh. That's what I am uh, desperately wanting to just hear about. <laughs> like, even I'm, if it's I'm just right a title. So I, that's one of my favorite uh, mm. games of past, you know, generation. So taking a banger off the board. 
Oh, you, you took my uh, Last of Us MP. So oh, so I will, that <laughs> that's is. why I prepared like two choices for each one. <laughs> <of mine. laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, who has the second pick in round two? You do, Mr. Anthony. Oh, we're going backwards. Okay, yeah, Snake yep. Drift. Uh, all right, so <laughs> we've heard about it. I do wonder the financials around it. But with my second pick in the 2023 PlayStation Showcase Draft, I will pick the PlayStation 5 Pro. Ooh. Oh. I didn't even think about systems. Nice. I didn't either. <laughs> My man, he's stealing my chatter, picks. though. Still- <laughs> 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 nice, I like it. It's spicy, very spicy. So for mine, uh, I I I'm picking the game that uh, I I get the feeling that it's still coming out this year and was plucked out as an ex- as a third party exclusive i'm going with stellar blade mm. which i am very much looking mm. forward to uh that that game looks like it's just insane just how fast it's going to move that, that devil may cry kind of weird i don't know what's going on but i'm having a lot of fun pressing x <laughs> yeah pressing square <laughs> forgot about <laughs> like, that one I, I am looking forward to doing all of the things in that game because it just it looks pretty, it looks fun, it looks fast, it looks furious, and it's all about family. Not really. <laughs> Joe, what do you got for us for the second round? All right. I know Ubi, Ubisoft kind of said this one was in stasis, but I'm hoping we'll get something for Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, wow that's a that's a that's a big one wow for that. <laughs> uh, during the playstation showcase interesting I'm gonna shoot the moon man what, what's the logic <laughs> behind that choice i think if if any of the first parties can get exclusive rights for some sort of teaser or surprise sony could do it okay so well sony's trying to get into the live service game and uh it is a live service game apparently from what has been said and if it's in development hell maybe uh push from PlayStation would help get it over the over the edge so you never know yeah maybe or all right my other one uh one of my favorite games for past years one that a lot of people it it's hard to recommend the first game because it's such an oddball but death stranding 2 I'm hoping will will show up <laughs> mm, uh, yeah that uh what I find funny is your third pick is probably the most likely. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't uh, think it is because Keeley is still And that's around. the only reason. That's the I only actually, reason. I brought that up with David. I was like, do you think he would just save it his like whatever, you know, he's working on, save it for Games Fest? Watch it be a 10 Keeley? second. Watch it's... watch place be like, we have to have something and he gives him 10 seconds, but just pretty much says Tune in in two weeks to see the full gameplay right. trailer. <laughs> like, yeah. That's He's a, just holding a sign. You, like, you go, <laughs> yeah, Summer Games Fest. Like it's 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 gonna happen. It's just gonna be just enough. <laughs> yeah, I I could see it. I could see it. So this is uh, uh for my third. I went with something a little bit more rumored, and I think it probably does show up here. Is Hell Divers 2. Oh. 
apparently apparently a trailer uh, dropped for the game and got instantly (laughs) what is it dmca'd or whatever you say yeah they they hit it hard and Mm. uh the the rumors at least were that oh that it was it was kind of leading up to last september and everybody's like oh showcases happened showcases happening and then nothing happened so your game mm. eventually has to come out, I would assume, and the original was a PlayStation exclusive, so Yeah. Held Ivers too. Fun game. Anthony, it's for, it's time for your oh. third round pick. All right. Uh I need to be prompted. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're good. We make, we make this a show. Um so Sony is a big company and they work on many different things. Um, obviously, they have The Last of Us TV show, and they're going to be working on other stuff. And so sometimes when you are creating something within video games, you kind of got to stretch yourself out and just let people know and remember, hey, we're doing this thing. And so with my third pick, I am choosing the Gran Turismo movie. That's not actually a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you realize, and maybe you did, did y'all realize that was based on a true story? Yep. It it took me like 20 minutes to convey that it was based on a true story, but (laughs) yes. That has me a lot more (laughs) interested in seeing it. I agree, Um, but it's still grand tourism <laughs> yeah, so what, yeah where else do we go with this hey yeah. in all fairness they uh they at least made it the most interesting version of a grand turismo movie that it could possibly be i guess <laughs> again well, really that it could grand possibly be <laughs> it's a, all the real it's cars about around. it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so yeah noah Take us away to the end of, of of this draft before we get to our final wild card for the 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 double points. And this one's gonna be; those are gonna be out there. Yeah. Uh, so I think for my third pick, um, mostly because I'm curious to see uh, if you know they would get the marketing for it or not. Um, but I would like to see again, willing because I'm such a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I would like to see if you know, the reveal or, you know, what they're going to talk about for the Star Wars game that apparently Amy Hennig is working on Oh yeah, with her and her team, uh, Scott Anthony Mia. I would like to, you know, see, you know, what style, you know, or even if it's just a title, you know, what direction they're going to go. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, we will because, you know, Survivor is, you know, just came out so they might try and you know roll with that momentum and reveal another star wars project you know because i think kotor is infinite you know (laughs) so i don't i don't think kotor remake (laughs) will show up at all but yeah so yeah remake has apparently had some issues and people think it might be people think it might have been full-on rebooted just about so so, yeah, I'm. And I was like going with like the the most likely you know thing that we'll get. So I'm I'm gonna go with Amy Hennig stuff. So if you're going crazy, you do have your wild card on the board, sir. What is your wild card for your Ooh. double points? Wild card sound effect. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so this is something that I meme on every time we do predictions or award shows, and. I'm, 
I'm going to keep saying it because the one time I'm right, I'm, oh, it's like, you know, <laughs> Titanfall 3. <laughs> Oh, no way, dude! I can't. You took mine. <laughs> oh, wow! You evidently haven't that's watched crazy. the podcast because that's my pick for every award show and every reveal showcase. Is I want Titanfall three. So. I I hate the fact that 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 little other game that they've pushed so hard is in the Titanfall universe because it's taken away from three. Oh, oh my gosh, amount, he couldn't even say its name. He was like, I'm the, so de- offended <laughs> by this other game. Can't the even say the name of it. On here that I've quoted a response tweet of Titanfall <laughs> is in our DNA. You know, that infamous <laughs> tweet, the amount of times I've quoted that. So, yeah. <laughs> Swinging faux defenses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in the parking lot, dude. Like, we'll see. Like, and I'm driving away, not even looking back. <laughs> I'll Venmo yeah, you money for lunch if they announce Titanfall three. That that's uh, the uh, you just got the you just the ball went into the stands and you just threw it and then just walked away <laughs> like three. <laughs> Don't even look and it just goes completely yeah. off. <laughs> Anthony, what you got for us? All right. Well, this is pro- I don't I don't know how to uh, convey this particular pick. As my wild card, and this is probably going to be the one that is the most obvious for me. Stuff for PlayStation Extra and Premium. <laughs> what stuff? I don't know, but they will announce stuff. It's like when <laughs> Xbox had that one Game Pass trailer during the game. <laughs> oh gosh, that was a lot worse. You're sitting in your own theater and literally announce nothing. <laughs> I just there's so many games they could put on there. I just yep. I don't know, but I I do think they're gonna figure out a way to beef up their extra and premium, and make it yeah, sound I, even more. I agree. More now, sexy. now, is it going to be? Are you saying this as a specific segment, or are you saying this is like the old, like Xbox doing their showcase and it ends with plus uh, on Game Pass day one, now, or yeah. like like are we gen- are we super generalizing this, or is it going to be a segment? You said it didn't matter. No, I was just I was just asking, but that's fine. I've, I'll go with no, it. Um, okay, so to be fair to the Xbox stuff, where they have like a bunch of montage at the end, they have the whole thing is like live reveal or you know what world reveal and world premiere. There you go, world <laughs> premiere, and then it's also on Game Pass anyway. So like everything they show is on Game Pass. But with that said, I think they will actually have a segment dedicated to new stuff. Not a long segment, probably more montage but yeah. they will have a segment. Makes sense. All right. My wild card. I, I kind of struggled on this one because I've got two that are that I feel like are pretty good. But I think the one that kind of snuck in at the last second is the one I'm going to go with. Grand Theft Auto 6 gets its first teaser trailer at at this one because we just found out from rocks we just found out from rockstar's financials that next year there's a whole lot of money expected to be coming in and god knows that's not gta 5 as much money as it's making it ain't making that so you've got to drop something big and that means the plan at least 
is to have it come out. And this would be a good spot, especially since PlayStation usually has the marketing. I mean, they literally started their PlayStation 5 show with, with a Grand Theft Auto 5 advertisement. <laughs> so why not start the next phase of PlayStation with Grand Theft Auto 6 being announced? I mean, God knows it's going to get announced for 2024 and then get delayed to 2025 anyway, but <laughs> you got to start your announcement somewhere and they're, they're going to start I, it here. I think it, uh, it could show up, you know, based on your logic. I don't think they would put it at the beginning. Well, I'm not Theft saying Auto. at the I'm not saying at the beginning. I'm just in yeah, a, yeah, it, yeah. it is. It's a it's way to you kind of start off phase phase two, so to speak. Yeah. They'd probably save that one for a little later because it's so big. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you, that's a that's a show. we've got one more thing kind of thing. It, yeah. And I, and I mean it could be as little as the it could be the Elder Scrolls Six Bethesda reveal like right. that yeah. could Just be as title. simple as it is with a with a nice view of the new map yeah. essentially. Just seeing feet walking through a sprawling city cars driving yep. by nighttime showing off ray tracing doing all that stuff gta 6 gta 6 yep. Yep. i mean it, it just it, i could see it i could really see it that'd be dope joe what you got i'll I'll say what my other one was after this just because i, I saying, thought it was interesting i got a, i got a couple i'm trying to figure out which is more of the <laughs> long shot here I'm going to go with the longer shot, and and I don't think this will happen. They've already said this game's a ways down the line, but I think maybe we can get a teaser trailer or something for it at the PlayStation Showcase. So I'm going to go with Hollow Knight Silk Song. <laughs> maybe that that's a very 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 long shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely I don't think that's going to happen. That's kind of my shoot the moon. The other not to mention it was a part Xbox. of the Game Pass stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Not that, Do you, not that it can't show up, but yeah. Yeah. The the other one that I had was, and, and I think this one might be possible, that as a call and response to Xbox dropping, shadow dropping games, I think Sony's going to shadow drop something oh, notable. Yeah. I'll give you the choice. You want Silk Song or do you want the shadow drop on there? So I've already I've do. already shot my shot. I'll, I'll leave <laughs> okay. Silk Song up there. <laughs> <laughs> I almost it's got said about something as much chance of Titanfall three, but I almost said something Splinter Cell because I really want that to happen eventually. That'd be cool, yeah. But Ubisoft would save that for their conference, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, my other, my other idea was uh, seeing the uh, quick glimpse of whatever Sony Santa Monica's next IP is, since they have two teams and they have been working on whatever it is. Obviously. Yeah. Probably mid production. They probably still got two, three years. But yeah, if you're going to show know, off Kingdom Hearts know. four, <laughs> yeah, give us some titles that we know. You know. Yep. Exactly. Well, so Wolverine's been mentioned before. I'm I'm surprised none of us mentioned it. Yeah, I I, I, I feel like that was a given. I, but that's just yeah. me. maybe it is. Yeah, I think it's a good. Sh there's a good shot at Wolverine showing up there. Uh, I, I think it'll be very similar to what that other showcase was it's not going to be very much um the biggest question is do you want to steal from spider-man like I, I know they both announced they yeah. had both trailers in the same showcase but there's a huge difference as we're really pushing spider-man oh and here's wolverine the, like yeah. 
compared to oh we showed you two cg trailers for two upcoming games like th- this is yeah. spider-man's real coming out party at, at the showcase so i th- i wouldn't be surprised to see wolverine but i also could see it not being there at all uh it wouldn't it just wouldn't surprise me just because it this is where you really push le- leverage spider-man save that for another you know it, exactly and, and that's the craziest best. thing is there's so many different things like bend is working on a new ip uh heck insomniac could be working on something new that we don't know about already uh that team is stupid um i've heard i've heard rumors that that new uncharted project might be coming around uh i mean all all kinds of things you you just never know twisted metal that that's supposedly being worked on heck that that might be your shadow drop uh yeah i mean (laughs) right before the the tv show Yep. Yeah, the TV shows next uh, next month with or two months out with with uh, Anthony Mackie starring. Mm-hmm. So the game will also look AI produced. So <laughs> 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 oh goodness. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I tried to stay away from hyper obvious things because it's more fun when you when you oh, swing yeah. the fences. Like Final oh, Fantasy yeah, sixteen, sure. nobody mentioned yeah. that. That's an easy. Right. That's an easy it, point. But, which yeah. I, I think I don't think it's actually going to show up that heavily. I, I but I, I do think, so think that there's actually a good chance that you get a quick launch trailer along with a demo. along with a demo drop. Yeah, that's yeah. that was that was actually something I'd thought about uh, on my list, but. Honestly, I don't think anybody had anything to like. There's seven. We have a, each one of us, I think, has at least one that's possible with a lot of other things that's pretty out there. <laughs> I think all of mine are pretty out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think yeah, Factions think 2 is as I don't think Factions 2 is as out there as you think it is. Yeah. I, I think Neil already is a good option, too. Yep. What'd you say, and, Joe? I said, I think the PS5 Pro has a high chance of possibly showing up. I just don't know around the, you know, because they just raised the price on the PlayStation 5 in the UK and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So then it's like, oh, we're announcing a PlayStation 5 Pro, guys. Eh. I had I had some form of new hardware, like whether it's like a new controller, you know. Well, they may even show like, the that Q light that got rumored, the the portable, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. So. Nobody mentioned Silent Hill 2 Remake. Bungie yeah. might drop something. I, I mentioned it, but it was it was in saying that I wanted I was going to do Metal Gear Solid though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's true about Bungie. Yeah, it was some Destiny related. I, I don't think it's. I hope it's not Destiny. I want like something new because they've got that Matter working. Mm-hmm. You know, code name title that's supposed to be like an online. There, there's rumors DVD. of Marathon. Uh, yeah. I bringing that back. Service stuff. Well, the the interesting thing is, I've I can at least say that I've heard that Sony has pushed them a little bit, maybe pushed because them? they want something because the because Sony wants something here. So oh, that's the recipe for failure. So with the yep. live service, <laughs> oh I yeah, put as my wild card, but uh, well, to make a CG Isaac trailer Vision. and not attach a date to it, that's fine. But are you saying no? I was like, my uh, my wild card should have been PlayStation announces the acquisition of a big studio. Because I think that would have been really funny. 
That would be funny. The thought of it. I don't know if they would actually do that. I don't know how tasteful that would be. <laughs> like I said, that in your showcase. after they're on really record, is, yeah, saying that they're just trying to block Microsoft. <laughs> Like, oh, that yeah, would be the way. They opened the we show. We have acquired like, CD projects. Like, yeah. Activision Blizzard, like with a big red X through it. <laughs> Not happening. Let's start the show. <laughs> oh man, there. All I all I know is, I think we're about to be in for a heck of a show, and that's just going to be the beginning because we're going to get some great stuff over the summer. Cyberpunk it's nice to have. There. It's nice to have faux E3 back. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, it is. Um, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I. How, where do you think this will be uh, uh, rated among the other PlayStation showcases? Because I don't think anyone will beat the PlayStation Five one until uh, until like everything is a banger. Uh, I the PlayStation think... Five one was dope. I feel like this one can because this is around the same time frame as we got the what was it tw- was it the 2016 or 2017 sh- I think it was the 26 it was the 2016 showcase where they showed off Spider-Man they or they announced Spider-Man they announced God of like they literally started with God of War like the the 2018 uh they showed off Horizon they had a lot of other great partnerships and stuff that they showed off wait are you are you combining the press conference with the showcase because the god of war was this well this was this was right what was it was that's in my mind i'm just saying it's the same idea it's the it's the same Uh, i'm just talking uh, about like showcases like their online showcase thing but i i do think that this can be the best showcase and partially because you're we're talking almost every studio has been under wraps working on things. The only things we know for sure at this point that we are not going to see is something from Gorilla, and even that, there's a chance because they've got another team working on something, and Sony Santa Monica, but again, they've got another team working on something. So we can really see something from almost every one of Sony's first-party teams if we wanted to, and when you combine that with the might of Bungie that they have in their back pocket with the kind of third party licensing that they can do and that they can make happen. I mean, it's not just can you imagine how excited some people some people are going to get when they if if Metal Gear Solid, the first game gets remade and it's as good as something like what Blue Point did with Demon Souls or even what Capcom's like, been doing with Resident Evil. It, it, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it's just it's there's so much potential. There is so much that can be here, not just for n- new fans, but for the nostalgia piece for old fans. Uh, I mean, we none of us, <laughs> none of us even took a chance on Bloodborne. <laughs> no, <laughs> and yeah. I'll be honest, from some of the rumblings I've heard, even that could show up. Uh, maybe it's just a 60 FPS, but I'll be honest with you, if that's all they do. Bloodborne fans will be very happy. Um, I mean, we've got Elden Ring DLC, and they've also—I mean, that same studio—is <laughs> it the same studio that that's that did the other Souls games? I'm trying to remember. Blue Point that did Bloodborne. Yeah, that did Bloodborne. Uh, yeah, from from was uh, did Bloodborne, but Bloodborne is Bloodborne and Demon Souls. I believe there's something about them that I think Sony may own the IP. Okay. And that's what that's but it, why they are from, from as Dark the developer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from I mean, we, the developer. we've got a new Armored Core 
coming out as well that's from. So yeah, I think they're covered up too much to. Well, Blue Point did Demon the Demon Souls remake, and Blue Point we haven't heard from since the beginning of the gen. So there's yeah. you never you never know they could be actually on whatever this Bloodborne true. thing is. For all we know, of remakes. <laughs> yeah, it, so it, I, I mean, they, there's stick them on anything we make like it will be good uh they they helped with the uncharted legacy collection port which was fantastic on ps4 uh shadow of the colossus is just a incredible on the ps4 like when you see what they did because they remade it twice <laughs> they remastered it from ps2 to ps3 and then they remade it on ps4 mm-hmm. so and then demon souls man that's that thing's gorgeous so it you never know it just depends on what teams are doing what and who's building what but uh yeah sony does have the rights to uh bloodborne so it it's all in sony's hands and after seeing the bucks that elden ring just made i just would not be surprised if sony wasn't like okay (laughs) let's go ahead and announce this now (laughs) even if it's two years out because we want people to be like oh you liked elden ring how about this yep. <laughs> it's gothic elden ring that's a little more linear yep. <laughs> could you imagine if bloodborne had the open world structure of elden ring oh, i i would i would be so stressed yeah yeah <laughs> that game is already stressful and i would i would be stressed <laughs> very much so but that is that is it that is that is what we have all right when does the PlayStation Showcase happen? What time? What day? It is next Wednesday, May 24th. So it actually happens before our next podcast recording. And it is at 3 p.m. Central Time. It's 1 p.m. Pacific. All right. I will Here definitely be tuning in. I'll take my breaks and lunch all during that time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that will do it for us tonight, today, as we are recording. Uh, Joe, appreciate you dropping by, hanging out with us, talking games. You can check Joe's content out at geeksundergrace.com and, you know, just check out geeksundergrace.com as a whole. He helped start that thing, doing good stuff. You want to know specifics about games and their content and what's in them? There you go. And he also does get it. He also does some great streaming and YouTube content at uh, Coffee and Adventure. Uh, so that's both Twitch and YouTube. There you go, Coffee and Adventure. Appreciate you me. This has been a blast. It has been good. And so, with that said, we will see you next week, and we will reveal our winners and losers of the PlayStation Showcase stuff. This will be fun. All right, deuces. <laughs> Peace. Later.